Let's talk about what we learned this week in terms of what's driving the narrative for stocks now as we've got infrastructure laid out. We've got the checks that have been mailed out. Eric Lynch joins us, Managing Director at Sharf Investments. Eric, I really like the notes that I'm looking at that you sent over today. I want to dive right into what you call story time in America in the stock market. As Bob and I were just discussing, it seems like the response to some of this story coming to fruition is not what one would expect. Today we've got oil companies beating the heck out of EVs. So what's been priced in in terms of the policy impact here and the story we've been following for equities? Yeah, thanks for uh, having me here, Oliver. It, it's, you know, clearly there's a lot of monetary and fiscal stimulus sloshing around the market. It's bid up, uh, valuations quite high. And, you know, long term, as a long term stock investor, obviously what drives stock prices are earnings growth, dividend yields, and interest rates in terms of, you know, what, how much investors want to pay for those earnings. For a long time now, you've had multiples expanding. Um, they hit uh, kind of nosebleed levels recently. We're currently at a, a 96 percentile versus uh, historical P multiples for the S&P 500. And that's one thing off of kind of uh, a pandemic year and even perhaps 2021. But after even 22, so now you've got two years of post-pandemic normalizer earnings, you know, annualizing around 20%, you're still looking at a fiscal year plus one PE of around 97 percentile in terms of its historical valuation. So things are expensive. Mm -hmm. And what's interesting is, uh, you know, the market seems to be really uh, excited about risk and uh, what I would call a barbell of risk in the sense that you've got, you know, last year, clearly there was a lot of excitement about the stay at home trade, the scarcity of growth, the big platform internet companies. That all made sense. They're eating the world. Um, fast forward, you've had a rotation into the open up trade the deep value cyclical businesses. And ironically, even those multiples are now trading uh, yep. around 96 percentile. So we're thinking the way to look at this as actually more from a different perspective, quality versus risk, quality versus junk. Mm. So it kind of sounds like if you think about the barbell that I do hear uh, most folks uh, consider, which is having that one side geared towards reopening themes, kind of more pure cyclical plays, and then the other side, the stuff that worked last year, these quarantine tech, you're saying maybe at this point, both are expecting too much and pricing in too much, so maybe you go in the middle? Exactly, you know, there's a bit of myopia. Uh, investors are suffering, and there's not a binary choice here, it's false. So in between, there's a whole neglected area of high quality, boring. Look, nobody wants to go to a cocktail party and talk about the business that printed 10% earnings growth in the pandemic is gonna do it next year, it's gonna do it the next 10 years. That's not an interesting story. So collectively, the entire market is uh, kind of mispricing these very great risk adjusted opportunities. What we're seeing in our screens, Oliver, is effectively a historical discount on quality versus junk. The likes that we haven't seen since uh, following the financial crisis and the, uh, the tech bubble bursting. This is very typical. Junk usually runs for good reason for about a year or so after a tremendous uh, correction like that. And uh, you know, after that, quality kind of assumes market leadership. So I think if you believe in the, the Wayne Gretzky adage that you know, skate to where the puck is going, not where it is, we need to change the discourse from this kind of binary choices to kind of quality uh, and risk adjust returns for the next 10 years. 
Okay, now in terms of some of the companies, to give some examples here to viewers, I want to uh, just highlight a few. You point out Oracle and Centene. Let's start with Centene for those that need a reminder. This is a company that uh, has been super choppy over the past year. And then I think also it's odd to see the healthcare stocks that have just gotten stuck. I mean, shouldn't healthcare be as much a reopening play as anything else? Absolutely, Oliver, and that's definitely uh, into our thesis. Uh, Long-term, however, what makes healthcare interesting is that it's a very kind of seasonal performance pattern with healthcare surrounding presidential election cycles. This most recent one, the stock has really suffered in healthcare in general, by the way, is the only sector trading meaningfully below its, uh, its average historically in terms of a PE. It's really mm. the only thing that's just thematically cheap. You can throw a dart at it and you find something. In terms of Centene, specifically, the stock suffered because it is the leading uh, managed care organization, uh, you know, insurance underwriter care provision for low-income consumers in the U.S. And so it's big in Medicaid, it's big in the Affordable Care Act exchanges. There was a lot of uh, talk in the prior administration to gut the ACA, and effectively, once the Biden, the Biden administration came into place, uh, those have effectively been rolled back. So you've got the ACA being uh, you know, solidified by the current administration. You've got, even in this, it's a timely uh, issue as it relates to Medicaid as well, you know, long-term disability and long-term elderly care. Uh, there's a $400 billion uh, element to the infrastructure package from Biden floated yesterday for that. Uh, Centene as the leading Medicaid provision uh, MCO company in the country would be a direct benefit uh, beneficiary of that. Hmm. So looking at healthcare to kind of reprice to the general realm that everything else is in, right? I like the point that you mentioned. It's the only one here that trades below some of its historical valuations. And then the time frame that you're thinking, uh, Peter, are these companies and uh, that are going to take a while if the market is so hooked on these extremes right now? Are you talking like a couple years that you need to be ready to see these work their way through the system? It's a great question. If you look at the last two major cycles, junk ran Oliver for about 12 to 18 months. We are 10 months into this current risk on slash junk rally. So it's hard to say when things could change, but there are definitely catalysts even for so-called boring stocks. You know, with Centene, it's the things I mentioned, a general uh, strengthening of the ACA and Medicaid. Enrollment should improve for Centene. I think you're gonna see that flow through the earnings soon. Uh, with Oracle, you're seeing a transition to the cloud that is not as pure play as a service now or uh, a uh, Salesforce or a Workday, but it's a business that generally is 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 leading the the market in its ERP cloud business. It's it's making up for lost time in the OCI uh, uh, it's OCI cloud generation two, which is public cloud infrastructure. Um, it's a business that, you know, it's priced at 14 times earnings. It's got a strong free cash flow yield. If you put your hand over the financials, you'd say, this has got the persistence of a consumer staple business with much better growth, much better balance sheet, hmm. and much better margins. And it's priced at 10 multiple turns less. I like it, Eric. We gotta leave it there for now. Let's continue the conversation, but I think a very compelling case made here for uh, especially the healthcare side and the underloved and underappreciated group. Thank you, Eric Lynch. Joining us from Sharf Investments. We got a round, we got a closing bell here.